All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. This is Handsome Jack FM. And as always, I am joined by C. Joe C. For this week's edition of Weekly Loot, we have got, God, such a surprise and such a treat for you guys today. We are being joined by Borderlands legend in my eyes. Submoto, how are you doing today? I am good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Matt, it's our pleasure. Uh, so happy to have you, man. I've been looking forward to this ever since Siege told me that it was in the works that, bro, we, we might have him on the podcast. Um, and it's been amazing. I am so glad to have you here, man. Yeah, again, I just would have happened already. But Gearbox decided they weren't going to release the show's times. And then we were like, oh, so the day we're going to do this, everything is happening uh maybe we should push it back so now at least we have all of e3 to chat about as well so should be plenty of topics absolutely plenty of topics um you know one i always i like to start with when we've got guests or even when i'm interacting with with somebody as committed to to the borderlands community is you know what what got you to this point you know uh, what made you fall in love with the franchise when did it happen and what what made you decide you wanted to be such an active contributor? All right. So I guess we'll start with when I started playing. I, like many people, started with Borderlands 2. I actually had never heard of the franchise. My younger brother, who's about three and a half years younger than me, uh, just took a trip to GameStop, picked up Borderlands 2 on Xbox 360. I don't know if it was something where he got a recommendation or anything. And uh, yeah. He brought it home. He picked it up like right around launch. It was in September and he played it, didn't make that connection. And when I played it, you know, you kind of had that pupil dilation like, oh, OK, mm -hmm. I, I get this. This this is for me. And, you know, I, I've been pretty vocal about this growing up. You know, I'm very athletic. You know, I played baseball, basketball. I did anything outside. So, you know, video games for me was always when the sun went down. And I always played sports games and pretty much nothing else. And then, you know, I got my first PC and stuff and really started to explore. So uh, that kind of was the preface to that. And immediately, uh, me and a couple close friends, after I had tried it, I was like, guys, you got to get this. Like, I don't know, you know, much about the game yet, but it is incredible. And from there, like, the three of us were playing on 360 and you know i i ended up finally building a pc around black friday in 2012 and eventually you know i swapped over once all of us had pcs and we were just going nuts playing borderlands and uh the video thing man like i said uh before we started i've been making videos for like a decade and granted they're not always borderlands related but i've always had a a fascination with the creative side that youtube can give me and oh, you know i uh i'm somebody that did business for a long time you know i'm 27 so i'm not super super old but you know i have real real world experience i have a degree in business and you know i've spent time doing that so it was always something that was very mm -hmm. opposite of uh, YouTube. So, you know, if I was cooked, a day wasn't so good, I could go home, read up on something, play some games, make a video and just roll with it. 2014 was actually the first time I ever did Borderlands content. It was actually just Let's Plays on the Headhunters. And, you know, finally, uh, I would say, so it was probably quarter four 2017 was when i started making borderlands content and it strictly just kind of came out of like you know i don't see anybody talking about the lore and i feel like the lore in borderlands gets a back seat and it doesn't deserve that obviously people want to hunt down guns and everything and i get that but the lore is so deep. Yeah, the yeah. game is meant to be like more of like a comedy action RPG type thing, but the characters in the games experience heavy moments and they have backstories. So, you know, I started talking about what I potentially could want for Borderlands 3. Then I started doing lore series because I saw people had done them, but, you know, they were pretty quick and it was pretty much like, okay, you know, I read the wiki 
which you know is a is a tool and it can get you started and it helped me but i think part of the thing that i did that i really enjoyed was trying to find the individual audio logs and Absolutely. the mission and the weapons so for me it just kind of you know hobby that bordered on a little bit of an addiction and um, i'm right there with you dude i, I collect borderlands anything i'm probably twenty thousand dollars deep in my borderlands collection so yeah. it, it is an obsession so i am right there with you <laughs> i can't say i've spent that much but i definitely have plenty of figures i've got the the buzz axe i've got a psycho mask i've got Ooh. i've got memorabilia floating around i actually got two collector's editions um so oh, I'm, I'm status. i got i got three <laughs> yeah so you got me beat man but yeah i i, I, I feel that i feel that it's uh look man gearbox yeah they might have some up and down stuff but borderlands i it's something about the studio they just they know how to make it happen and oh yeah you gotta tip the cap you know yeah and they know how to make me spend money like i was on the gamestop app uh, a couple of days ago looking to see if i could track down any of the the maya pops that were supposed to be exclusive to e3 the and... limited edition ones yeah yeah but they're listed on the gamestop site yeah it seems like they have a deal with gamestop i mean they yeah. they had a deal with gamestop for the physical editions of the like the remaster basically yeah yeah which is a and... bit strange well, I, I was stoked because I was like, man, I don't have to, you know, get upcharged, you know, 600% on eBay. I can just grab them off of off Perfect, the GameStop. Yeah. But then I saw that they've got uh, a Tiny Tina statue, a new Moxie statue, both coming out. I think they're 50 bucks. They're on right, pre-order. Yeah. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. He knows how to attack my wallet. <laughs> a buddy of mine was at E3 and he's like, hey, man, can I get you anything? I was like... Well, yeah, I want some shit, but I got to like install some more shelving in my office before I can yeah. get anything. Like I actually have a couple figures and statues that are still like packed because I haven't, you know, dealt with the shelving. <laughs> so I was oh, like, yeah. yeah, but I probably shouldn't. So and I, I put feelers out for like three weeks, seeing if any of my Twitter followers were going to E3 to, to see if they could grab me one of the Maya pops and a good buddy of mine actually came through. He, he got one for me. He's mailing it to me. And then uh, I did go on eBay and spend like 60 bucks on one of the, the VIP swag bags that they were giving out. Oh, nice. That that image that they that artwork they put out that's almost like Sistine Chapel looking with the Calypso twins, one on each side and the yeah, vault yeah, hunters in the that. middle. That thing was sweet. Oh, man. Uh, I I fell in love with that. That and the and the Messiah Psycho image are just beautiful pieces of artwork because there's so much going on in them that it just I can't take my eyes off of them, and I had to have it. Yeah, I mean the company that they work with called Wearbond that does like the marketing, and uh, I believe they have some stuff to do with the website and potentially some trailer work, but they do a lot of like the uh, artwork stuff that you'll see in the marketing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I have a connection there. And, like, their portfolio is unreal. You know, this is a studio that does stuff for Hollywood with movies, high-profile mm -hmm. game releases. And I swear, there's nothing bad they do. I, I could not see a better fit. They either just have immensely talented people or they just truly understand what you know the their clients want they just it clicks because yep. they nail it. it now what's funny matt is you said that that you're very much into the lore and the the story and the backstory of everything of borderlands uh the last episode that siege and i did we were kind of talking about you know what do we want to see in borderlands 3 and i explained to him that you know hey, i want to see more explanation about the sirens because you know in die in game dialogue they have said that only six sirens can exist in the universe at one time i would like to know why i want more of the the mythology of the backstory things like that um and it's funny that you went there because i'm the same way i i love obviously we love the humor we love hunting loot we love the raid bosses but for me 
I like the story. I like the campaign. I love finding those audio logs and learning more about the characters. And I, I hope we continue to get more of that. Yeah, I mean, so based on what I've been able to like sleuth around and read uh, either from Paul or Randy Varnell, you know, we're getting more siren lore. They're definitely saying that we're going to get a lot more story as well, which is exciting. And the one thing that I really hope they do is go back to the Borderlands 1 style of things, where if you collect if you collect a uh, echo log, you'll be able to, you know, go into your inventory and hear that straight up. Like yes. Borderlands 2, trying to do the history of stuff without at the time knowing how to actually physically go into the game files and take things. And this is still something I'm learning. So <laughs> try to like screw with your audio and then hope that your character is not going to have like one of those idle things where they complain we're not shooting or they're grunting. It's challenging. So I, I really hope once we collect something, we can actually go to like a screen and just replay it without any background noise. Because a lot of the time when you're trying to hear stuff, it gets cut off by mission dialogue. It gets cut off by something your character is saying. And if you're just getting this stuff like here and there, bits and pieces through these voice lines, like you could potentially miss something incredibly detailed or a huge hint in regards to sirens or this or that just because, you know, you've reached a checkpoint and now, you know, Lilith or Moxie or whoever is going to be like, okay, good job, do this. And yep. you have no way to reference or go back. It's just, it's lost. Yeah. And the, another thing that I mentioned to, to Siege was I want to meet Scooter. And he kind of raised an eyebrow, and I told him, in Borderlands 1, once you reach New Haven, you interact with Scooter, and sometimes you you walk by him and you, you know he'll talk to you. He says in dialogue that he's named after his sister. So yeah. to me, that means that there's Ellie, the Scooter we already know, and there's another ch child that Moxie has that's a female named Scooter. I want to yeah. meet her. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you. People, yeah, not many people knew that because it was only said in, in one line. There's a lot of things that they just kind of slip in there in passing. And you're like, wait, wait, what? That shouldn't be like this sad thing that that sounds important. What do you mean? <laughs> so um, and I feel like that's like a major reason why I sit here and I'm like, whoa, the lore is incredible. And people are like, what do you mean? it's potentially something that they could have just missed the whole time getting cut off or, you know, they have gun sounds going on and they just can't hear it or subtitles aren't on. And it's a little bit, you know, choppy because they fool around with it, make it sound more radio like, or it's cutting in and out. So there's all this incredible stuff that just, you know, it, it was it even worth them doing like any of it because nobody seems to be paying attention to it, but I tell you, I always pick up on it. I always want to know. Me too, Matt. And another thing is, I, I, I the the time frame that this report came out is going to, I'm not going to nail it down right, but I want to say probably right before the pre-sequel was released, I remember seeing on Twitter, Gearbox was doing a bunch of questions about Borderland 2, and they put something out there, and it came out like something like 85% of people of gamers who had completed Borderlands 2 story were unaware that Nisha was Handsome Jack's girlfriend. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, because we'll there was no story it. mission in yeah. Lynchwood. So yeah. for the people that just do the story and that's it, there was no reason for them to go there. Exactly. Yeah. That's like, I, that was exactly what I was going to say. 85% of people that finished the game didn't know that. And to me, I was like, are you kidding me? Like... How do you how do you not know that? I mean, but I, I I do every mission, and not because I'm just a Borderlands completionist, but it makes the game easier doing the side missions to level up for the main yeah. mission. And it's also interesting. And this is this reminds Ooh. me of something. I'm gonna slip in here real quick for people that for are on the fence on Borderlands Three. When these media outlets, these other YouTubers that are interested in the game, and I will say, I'm welcome, like, welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm happy the game's getting bigger, the community's growing, but you can't possibly play through the main story with one character, do a review. 
It's just, you know, you miss places like Lynchwood. You miss huge amounts of lore. So for me, it's like, I don't know. It's one thing that I've talked about, and I'm I'm curious to see how people approach it because, you know, you can get people saying, like, this is not a good game because they played a character that didn't click with them and they only played the main storyline, so they were underleveled. Like, Borderlands is not a true RPG, but it has those RPG elements, and part of that means side quests. I mean, hell, you said it. You can miss all of Lynchwood. All of it. Yeah. You don't have to go there. I, I, and there's so much that goes on there. I mean, you meet Nisha. You meet, you know, the cutest skag in the world, Dukino. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't have a dog right now, but I already have plans that when I get my yellow lab, dude, his name is Dukino. He's already named. He's already named. Yeah. Oh, man, I uh... what what about Borderlands hooked you? Was it the gameplay? Was it the the pop culture references? Was it the the writing? Because you you're like you're like Siege. You started at Borderlands two, whereas I was actually I got on Borderlands one about a year and a half after it came out. So I was late to the party, but. As soon as I knew there was a Borderlands 2, like I actually had an app on my phone that was a that was counting down and it was going on for like a year. Over <laughs> no a year. Oh god, yeah, dude. I, I took work off on September 12th when Borderlands 2 came out, and I went and sat in front of GameStop starting at noon. Did I have to get there that early? No, but it was so important to to me and my girlfriend and our two friends that were doing a LAN party for the, the launch night to be first in line that we right. camped there all day. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, for you, I what, what was it that got you hooked? I think immediately it was the fact that it did not look like any other game I've ever played. Yeah, it had mechanics and things that other games have, but I think we can both agree that the visuals in Borderlands 2 blow away the original Borderlands in terms of like vibrance and color. Absolutely. There are so many different maps that are entirely different from one another. So for me, immediately, I was very impressed by the visuals, which made me want to explore. And then shortly after that, you know, you start to understand the characters and how things work. And then mm -hmm. shortly after that, you realize, oh, well, you know, there's a bunch of guns in this. But I, I think what hooked me originally was just how different it was. It, it, it piqued my interest. It intrigued me. And that made me want to explore and see what was going on. Interesting. No, I, I agree, because there's there's certain parts of the map where it is kind of basic, like uh, the Highlands. I would even say Lynchwood, because it's just mostly brown. But right. then you go to you go to areas like Caustic Caverns, and exactly, it's just so bright and vibrant that, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's guilty of it. That after you cleared up, you know, a, a little battlefield, you actually kind of stopped, and not only moved your physical head around to see everything, then you started moving your character around. And you're like, wow, there is a lot going on. Oh my god, there's a hole up there. Sanctuary used to be there. Like, there's yeah. just. They put so much detail into the visual that that I honestly feel that sometimes that goes underappreciated because people don't stop to take the time to just enjoy it and fully immerse themselves in the beautiful chaos that is Pandora. Yeah, and that goes back to what I was saying before. A lot of people oversight the lore. Yep. The game is funny. The game is fun. But the characters are experiencing some life or death things they're losing people it's it's things that are heavy but they do a good job of walking the line like you can play a borderlands game and definitely get those tearjerker moments and you can laugh so hard you start crying oh there was plenty of moments in borderlands 2 see and the way i split it up is i think borderlands 2 is is mainly three chapters when it and and i, I say this as it pertains to handsome jack so the first third of the game you're laughing at him. You're like, dude, this guy's hilarious. His trash talk is amazing. This guy's fantastic. Chapter two, you know, sorry, guys, I'm going to give spoilers for Borderlands 2, but 
things that happen with with Angel and um, Bloodwing, you're kind of like, all right, I'm kind of getting sick and tired of this guy's mouth. He's kind of getting annoying. And then once things really go down with Angel and then you you make that final push towards Jack, you're just, man, I cannot wait to put a bullet in this dude's head. I'm so sick of him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel that. And uh, so there's the whole thing with Handsome Jack. He's obviously not a good dude. He's in a position of power. He's using his power essentially with goals to commit genocide without Absolutely. putting it in a in a more nice term but at the same time a lot of people love his character and it's because he's funny he's charismatic and that's what makes him so dangerous yeah i mean dude they made two games based around him after borderlands 2 because of the popularity of the character i mean i Absolutely. remember Two weeks after Borderlands 2 came out, there was these lists of like the greatest video game villains of all time. And all these lists were, it was like number one and number two were were either Bowser or Handsome Jack. Yeah, I mean, look, Damian Clark took that writing and ran with it. I oh, don't know. I don't know if anyone else could have made that character as good as he did. And oh come on, not, not even the report that Dane Cook was gonna play him in the Borderlands movie. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't even get me started on the Borderlands. So it's changed so many times too. Yeah. Like if you go back to like April last year, you know, we had uh, a completely different lead, which was an original character, and now like they've thrown it out. So you know, that's like when I did the video this week. Hey, take it with a grain of salt, but you know, genuinely yeah. wanted to know what people thought because, you know, without being overly negative, I looked at it and I was like, oh, geez, here we go. Like this game's already bit or movie, not game, has already kind of been in development hell since 2015. And it, yeah. it hasn't even really started production. They said they wanted to start production at the end of 2018. And it's pretty clear that they didn't get there either. So it's... uh for me I, I just don't think it'll end up being a great movie i'm gonna come in and give it a shot but it just feels like they can't nail down the tone that they're going for yeah i mean look i'll go see it no matter what and if i leave yeah, the theater and say it was the worst movie i ever saw so be it i'm still gonna support it i still love borderlands more than more than anything more than any movie franchise this, this is the franchise that has me totally hooked uh with with anything they do. Um, I was never a fan of Telltale Games style. It's I, I look, I appreciate good storytelling, don't get me wrong, but it was too slow for my taste. But I did Tales from the Borderlands because it's Borderlands. That's the only reason I did. I'm like, it's Borderlands, it's gonna add to the story. Right. I need to know what happens. And I pushed through it and I absolutely loved it. It was a struggle yeah. at times, but I loved it. it the, the 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 what it added to the borderlands universe was fantastic and you know i just want to say thank you to telltale for that because it was amazing yeah i it's like it's remarkable one of the things that i, I hear a lot is that tales shouldn't be canon because i didn't like it what that's not how this is supposed to work at all like they tell their story and that's how it works and Tales is a great story. They introduced great characters. I am actually somebody that does enjoy like visual novel style things and yep. stuff that, you know, is Telltale styled. I didn't love every Telltale game, but it's it's so funny that people want things adjusted to how they want it to be. Like a bunch of people are mad that Scooter's death was canon. But like if you look at the backstory, you realize, okay, well, the the guy that plays him has had many, many health issues, continues yeah. to have health issues. And I think that probably came about as just something like, this is a beloved character. Let's let's give the, him a proper death. Let's do it right because I might not be physically able to do this much longer. Yeah. Yeah. Mikey has, has got tons of health health issues. Yeah. And he's a good you know, dude, but there he there. is. And you mentioned Damien earlier, you know, he was the voice of Handsome Jack. He's He's been pretty much non-existent on social media for over a year. It's it's very interesting that he went dark. 
Yeah, I'm I'm not sure why. I can't say I follow him too much. I don't think he was like a super big actor, but outside of Borderlands, I'm not too sure what else he's done. So, you know, I won't be able to add anything there. Yeah. So so I'm gonna ask you an opinion question. Uh and gotcha. it's it's Borderlands lore related. So based on everything we know about the companies, who's the worst company? Is it Doll or is it Hyperion? <sighs> I I go Doll. I go Doll. I actually. But people give me crap for it because like, oh, you're just that you you absolutely love Handsome Jack, which is purely factual. And so yeah. they try to give me this. I'm being biased. I'm like, dude, have you have you really seen everything that Doll has done? They are horrible. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, look, it's quite possible that in the future we get more lore that explains like, you know, hey, Hyperion did this, this did this, yeah. this is that. Like, okay, sure. But at the same time, like, as of right now, based on what we have, Dahl has completely left behind tons of personnel and, uh, you know, militarized units, ships, uh, on Elpis, on Pandora, more than once. Oh, you found the vault key? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, we lied to you that one time when we told you Pandora was paradise. Okay, we'll come get that vault key. All right, you're going to get promotions and this and that. Oh, just kidding. We're going to trap you in a mine for years. Come on, yeah. man. How are you going to say any other corporation, granted, with the information we have, is worse than Dahl? Dahl has done so many horrible things. I, look, I look at Hyperion, honestly, as the Empire from Star Wars. You know, Helios was the Death Star. Jack was kind of the Emperor. They they're, they kind of have this Empire feel where it's they're just out for domination and everything. But Dahl, man, they just, they, they you know, colonized the planet to find things. And then they just abandoned everybody there. They hired a bunch of, and I say hired loosely, they had a bunch of convicts working for them on Pandora, abandoned them, set them free. Uh, you talked about the military and abandoning them and, and trapping them in a mine. I don't want to go into too many details about that. Uh, let let everybody else kind of figure that part out on their own. Axton's got his backstory with, with Dahl. He was in the Dahl military and he had to, you know, he had to go MIA. His wife was his CO and he had to go MIA, kind of like Roland did with, with the Crimson Lance. But yeah, yeah Doll. I, I I agree with you. Doll is, man, they're just terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's there's no sugarcoating it, and I I will reiterate that things can change. And after oh, Borderlands yeah. Three is said and done, then perhaps it'll be different. But for now, based on the facts that we have, I just don't see how anyone else could make a reasonable claim that it wouldn't be them. Uh, and yeah, I think the only company that probably comes close is Hyperion, but really is Hyperion that bad or is it more Jack? Yes. Hyperion I, does some sketchy things and we've had some expansion on, you know, the lower end people and what they do entails, but I just, it, to me, it feels like a lot more Jack and a lot less Hyperion. I agree. I, I think that Hyperion gets the bad rap because they are an extension of Jack himself. Yeah, which is fair. And you have to you have to obviously, I mean, the guy who's the president and CEO of the company has to in some ways represent Hyperion and is in some ways Jack is Hyperion. But at the same time, a lot of what they were trying to do really got stopped before like the full plan could come through you know i think the conversation shifts if they were able to quote unquote cleanse pandora and let jack carry out some of these different uh plans so to speak that he had so you know if that was the case then maybe yeah hyperion could scoot through but i just based on what we have it's got to be dull no, I, I'm in 100% agreement with you. Siege, what uh, what do you think, buddy? You've been kind of quiet. <laughs> yeah, y'all been flowing. I'm like, damn, when can I enter this convo? It's been flowing so nicely. I'm like, I'm going to keep quiet. I'm going to let it go. <laughs> oh, nah. um, the worst? Probably 
Doll. I'd have to say Doll. It's like Matt was saying, um, Hyperion is mostly Jack. It's not really yep. Hyperion. But, yeah, all the way Doll, personally. I'm still learning more into the lore. Like, that's what I'm trying to dive into more because I'm trying to start a lore series. I talked to Matt a bit about that, like, you know, how to start one because it is a lot of work, but it is worth it. Um, so, yeah, that's my final take on that topic. I'd probably say Doll. But um, if I may ask, because I know me and um, Jack were talking about this last episode, um, Matt, what are you most looking forward to in Borderlands 3? I know I said the planets just because we get to finally leave Pandora. Don't get me wrong, I love it. But what are you looking forward to the uh, most? It's a horrible place. <laughs> yeah. Um, my answer changes. For the longest time, it was always the new landscapes, the new planets for the longest time. But I think today it's got to be flack with the news that we got at E3. Obviously, you know, uh, I'm somebody that hugely, hugely, hugely wanted a Beastmaster character, not like kind of a Beastmaster, not kind of like in the same room, like a true Beastmaster. And we're finally yeah. getting that. Then to find out more about what they can do, and then of course, or of course, their voice actor being a YouTuber, which I'm already a big fan of, it's just fresh in my mind. So I, I think, for me, Gamescom will be very special when we finally see uh, them in action, and then of course, September rolls around to uh, finally get to play them will be exciting. So I, I feel like based on what I've seen. All I need is to play Flack on Eden 6, and I'm good. Like, that's all I need. <laughs> mm, I'm ready for I was really hoping was, you know, when it was, you know, we knew the game was coming, and I was really hoping that Loaderbot from the pre-sequel, now that he got his fancy new body, right. I really was hoping he was going to be one of the Vault Hunters. I, I just, for some reason, I had this feeling he was going to be, and obviously I was wrong, but... Man, it would have been so fun to play as him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it's like they said all original, all original. So I always stuck to my guns. Yeah, theory crafting is super fun. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It's something that is one of my favorite things to do, not just in the Borderlands franchise, but you know, any game where I'm invested in the story. But for that particular theory... I just, I never subscribed to it just because I would always go back to the fact that they said new original characters. And it was just wishful thinking. I know, but I just, I was, I held on to that small bit of hope. Please give me Loaderbot. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice, but it's, uh, it's something where I would be disappointed not to see Loaderbot show up at some point. You know, yeah. obviously. Gordas and Loaderbot had a very, very good dynamic, and it was well-written. So to have them completely absent would be uh, pretty disappointing for me. They don't need a huge part. Uh, they could have, like, a little bit of a, you know, maybe a chain of side quests, maybe inclusion in DLC. But for me, like, mm -hmm. damn, man. <laughs> and... and as you know, huge Handsome Jack fan. Uh, I've said this to, to our subscribers before. My entire right side of my torso is a Handsome Jack tattoo. We're talking from below the belt line right up to my armpit. Like, oh, no I, kidding. Yeah, I, I love Jack. And I just wanted him to be done. Um, we, we, we've already milked him for everything that we can for the most part. Exactly. My whole my whole mindset was, look, if you want to throw in a side quest or two that are yeah. maybe audio logs or you. something handsome, handsome Jack related for Borderlands 3, that's it. Just let's be done with them. Let's move on. And at PAX uh, East, somebody asked Randy about Handsome Jack, and he goes, dude, Handsome Jack is dead. You killed him. I was like, thank you. We are not going to beat the dead horse and just just continue to milk it. Let's, let's be done. Let's get us some new villains. And then they showed the Calypso twins, and I was like, oh, thank God. This is going to be awesome, because we knew why Jack was evil. We knew he was, you know, even before we met him, we kind of understood. I mean, dude, he's got a loader bot army. We saw that in the trailer. 
the Calypso twins, we don't know why they're bad. So there's this this curiosity around them already. And well, they just straight look evil. Yeah, yeah I can't wait do. for it. For me, I never wanted Jack back. I, I thought his story was well done, wrapped up nicely. And yep. I think to bring him back would have, uh, you know, watered that down. There's a reason why yep. so many people think he's so good. It's because the story is strong. Now, if they could have come up with a story surrounding him that was strong, then sure. I just, where do you go? We've seen we've seen his rise, we've seen his demise, we've seen, you know, his AI self. We already know, you know, his earlier years. So where where does it fit without it being like the same? It doesn't. So, you know, I am always for the creatives if they can figure out a genuine good new story, then go for it. But the, you just couldn't. No, it, it's like you said. We we witnessed his his start as a lowly programmer, his, his ascension at, at Hyperion, his height, his demise, and then his attempted at a return through you know through the events of Tales from the Borderlands. And I've never been so thankful that they wasted the cloning storyline in one of the Borderlands DLCs and just a simple side quest, because <laughs> had they not done that, there would be all sorts of conspiracy theories out there. Well, they can always clone him. They can always clone him. Oh, I'm so glad that that is not on the table. Thank you. <laughs> perfect. It's just that it's a perfect, it's just a perfectly written character. Like, I agree. At this point, anything they do that isn't like a tip of the cap, which I think he deserves, would just be going backwards in my opinion so yep. you know bring on the calypsos i'm excited to see what they have in store i i think as of right now i'm a little more sold on troy than i am tyrene but we've mm -hmm. also only seen what they want us to see they're not going to show off a you know crazy spoiler of her you know whatever she's carrying out i mean it's just it's something where it's new. It's exciting. You're not sure what to expect. We have a brief description of her. And I mean, I could tell you my personal theory, which is not based on anything sourced. My personal theory is that she's going to be a little bit like uppity and like maybe maniacal, but then something happens to uh, somebody she cares about whether it's Troy or somebody we may meet, like the theories with the father. But I, then I think she's going to go dark and we're going to see her true strength and she's going to be somebody that we truly need to fear. I think I, I'm pretty much in agreement with you, but I think something's going to happen. Maybe an altercation, like an action, not like verbal. We're talking like an actual fight between her and Lilith. And I think Lilith's going to put her in her place. And that's going to send her down a dark path, an even darker path on. And she's going to have this, this kind of in the back of her mind that, yeah, she's got her plan. She wants to carry out, but she's got this other thing that she needs to prove to herself and maybe to Troy that she can beat Lilith or be as strong as her. I would yeah. like, that's what I think. I want to see someone try to stand up toe to toe against Lilith. Yeah, I mean, so I would assume that this would have to be, yeah, because I mean, I'm trying to think where that would fit. Would it be something where they fight prior to her losing her powers? Because we've been straight up told that in the most recent trailer that Lilith is no longer a siren. So are you thinking like in the beginning and then it becomes something? Or are you thinking there's this crazy Maybe. art to get her powers back and then that's more of like a rising action type of situation? So, I mean, that's what I would want. But in in all reality, I don't think they're going to waste that much time on it. So it'll probably be a side quest where we find echo logs that talks about it. You know, and, and but yeah, uh, I mean... Yeah, Lilith losing her powers is huge, but I just she was so strong. There's gotta be there's gotta be some type of story arc where there's a quest to get her strength and her powers back because 
her being the commander now of the Crimson Raiders and being utterly powerless, that seems like anybody that's really trying to fight the Crimson Raiders has a really easy battle. Yeah, but I, I think that's also where the new PCs come in. Correct. So, you know, obviously, I'm sure there'll be some characters that are familiar. I'm sure there'll be some things that are, are done. But for me, it's like, I don't know, that's one of the most fun things. I could sit here and talk just about ideas that oh, yeah. you, me, Siege, anybody has. And that's that's like a major reason why I continue to do discussion videos or continue to cover a topic it's short and sweet it's to the point i say what i need to say and then i see what the community has because once the community gets a hold of an idea a theory uh a topic they go nuts and then something Ooh. formulates and it just it gets crazy and that that's Ooh. why theory crafting is amazing so Ooh. you know you here's, might here's another, here's another question i want answered what kind of power increase does Maya get? I mean, I know she's going to be an NPC, but I mean, Lilith took a huge leap in strength and power from Borderlands 1 to Borderlands 2. Does Maya follow the same arc? Yeah, I mean, so... I'm just a freak of nature with power? Yeah, so we do return to her home planet, which we see her on. She didn't have the same uh, reaction to Iridium that uh, Lilith had. But it's not answered one way or the other if it's something where you have to spend a certain amount of time, if all sirens can. So for me, it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, um, a lot's up in the air here. And I, I wonder if something while returning to her home planet will give her something, like some sort of leg up. I don't know if it'll be Iridium on that planet. I don't know if it'll be something else. I, it, you just keep going. That's why this yeah. sort of thing is so fun. You mean a lot of things are pretty cut and dry. You know, you have your S tier weapons, your A tier weapons, situational weapons, things that make sense against this boss, but not this boss. And there's usually a pretty convincing argument to that. But with lore, with story, each individual, unless it's explicitly said, can interpret things differently. And that oh, leads to conversation. And that's what I really enjoy about talking about Borderlands lore. As do I. Like I said, you, I, dude, I could spend all day talking to you. And, and yeah, it, it, really, it really is one of those things. And that's why I think, I mean, I, it's, it's not something I think. It's pretty, it's pretty cut and dry that the Borderlands lore, I feel like, is more of a backseat to what people are interested in because most people are like, all right, how, you know, this boss, what do they drop? I need it. If it's orange, I got to have it. What's the best build? What's, that, what's this? And there's nothing son. wrong with my, that. No, that's my son. He's 14. He's all about, I mean, he can rattle off from Borderlands to who drops what legendary, like the chances of it, things like that. That's all about him. He's all about certain builds, speed runs and gear. And, I'm all about, you know, look, one of my favorite guns in Borderlands 2 was the Kitten assault rifle. I, I used to right. carry that everywhere. Even though I know the Slaga was a better gun for Slag, I just liked the Kitten for some reason because I liked to be up close and personal, you know, sometimes for my battles. But I like the story. I like doing the side quest because they tie into the story. They make the story that much better. and like I said, my son, he's all about legendary items and, and story missions only and doing certain side missions just because of the rare weapon you get as the, the as the reward. Yeah, and I I look, I get it. I have legitimately gotten every rare item in Borderlands 2. Most of them multiple times. I love doing that, but for me, it's more interesting to see what I can find in terms of echoes and this and that. So, you know, I'm not Mr. Gun Parts, but, you know, I want to have that rare stuff. You know, as somebody that's put a lot of time into the game, it's something I can be proud of. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Um, on Borderlands 2, 
So when, when a new DLC comes out and it's all business time for you, Matt, who is the vault hunter that you go with when you're like, all right, I'm going to go through this. This is my <laughs> go-to person that I can roll through this DLC with. Hmm. Uh, so I guess my answers are different. If I'm playing okay. just like privately, then always Maya. Maya has always been my favorite. But if I'm going to like record or I'm trying to do it quickly or I'm trying to, you know, generally speaking, as somebody that likes lore a lot, I want to take my strongest character in so that I can focus less on staying alive and more on, you know, what I can find. So okay. uh, with that being said, I usually go with Sal. I have ah. a Sal that is insane. I have a Sal that has just about everything that you can uh <laughs> that you can possibly want so uh, it, for example with commander lilith i i started with sal i've already started with my Lil or my Lilith, my maya in private and uh you know there's not much difference but the survivability you have to put less thought into it with sal than you would pretty much any other character not gonna lie i was hoping you were gonna say zero just because i'm a zero fanboy. that's why i said ah when you said Sal, I was like, okay, Zero, never mind. <laughs> Zero is actually my least played Borderlands 2 Vault Hunter. Uh, both of you. I love the character, <laughs> but he's actually my least played. I, uh, I've i played uh, Maya the most, followed by Sal, followed by Krieg. Wow. And like, well, hey, Jack over here got me to play Maya because my only character I've ever played as was Zero. I never touched anybody else until a couple weeks ago. Zero has been my guy from the start. And Jack somehow convinced me, said, yeah, Maya, I was hesitant. And you can ask him, but I'm level 17 with her and I haven't regretted it since. I'll be honest. Yeah, she's a fun character. I mean, that's, that's any character. You might not like how Gearbox kind of like pitches you to play but like you can play in many different ways like the first character i ever played was axton it's pretty cut and dry and i i do like axton it would have been nice to see some different things with axton but i i love all of the characters do i love them equally no i have my favorites obviously but when it comes down to vault hunters i feel like there's really not any character in any of the games that I I played and like really was like a chore to get the character up to the higher levels. And that's another thing going into Borderlands 3, if I may ask, and again, this is a fanboy question, but with our previous Vault Hunters, do you see it being possible that we will be able to play as them in the future. For example, play as Zero, play as Maya. Do you think that's a possibility? Or do you think... Because they already said there's no DLC Vault Hunters, so they say. But what are your thoughts on the possibility of us returning uh, to the old Vault Hunters? I think... So this is something that I've pitched many times. I think at the end of Borderlands 3's life cycle, what they should do is just release a... A DLC that is very understood. Hey, this does nothing to the lore. This is just a, a thank you, a, a final goodbye update. You know, charge whatever you want to charge for it. You know, call it three years down the line or whatever the support that they have planned. And port all the, all the Vault Hunters back in. The four from Borderlands 1, the six from Borderlands 2, the six from the pre-sequel into Borderlands 3 and let us play and you're going to be able to continue to push any cosmetics because you can come out with cosmetics for each of those characters and I mean I may never need another game ever in my life if I have that many Vault Hunters to choose from so I would like to see it I personally don't think they'll do it but I think it would be a good idea after it's all said and done well, if they do do it, I only have two characters, Zero and Flax, so I'm set for life, personally. What about you, Jack? If they do do that, what are you going to pick if you know they implement all the Vault Hunters? I'm curious. Dude, I'm going to surprise you on this, Siege, because we've talked before how sniping's not my cup of tea, and mm -hmm. it's not really what I like to do. But I'm going with Aurelia, dude, because I actually loved her on the pre-sequel. She's sick. She's such a good character. 
And look, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not a good sniper. Part of the reason why I don't like playing as snipers. I miss a lot of easy shots, but if my target is frozen in place, Oh, I can, I can go all day. (laughs) Yep. 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 Exactly. And then after that, um, it's Maya. I mean, I rolled through the the newest DLC on Borderlands 2 with her no problem whatsoever. I I didn't even die on the final boss. Like I just rocked it and I fought I fought the final boss with zero rainbow weapons. I was still rocking all my OP8 uh legendary. And just thoroughly dominated him with the the build that I shared with with our subscribers uh last week. Uh just utterly dominated him well i am really happy that you're actually switching to sniping i know it's not your thing uh, but hey one step at a time right <laughs> I, when matt said his two favorite characters i could hear your heart breaking in the background when he did not say <laughs> it was i was I like man i heard the heartbreak <laughs> i was dying i was like you heard me i was like ah i was like i'm gonna shut up let him keep talking <laughs> it was great. Uh, but yeah, Matt, I know yeah, we've been. Right. Oh, yeah, have continue. to be your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, we've been asking you questions, but is there? I know this sounds weird, but any questions you have for us? Um. So I always like bringing this up because it's something that is it's kind of divided down the middle and you can keep it as, you know, brief or in depth as you want, but I'm somebody that is able to talk about this objectively. What do you feel with the whole Epic games thing? Oh, I I, I will say, I don't know if you guys saw the poster that they had at E3 Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, th- I thought it was very good to steer into it. They actually had a poster at E3 that, you know, it had, you know, a big graphic that said Borderlands 3, and then in the top right corner, it had the Epic Games Store logo, and mm-hmm. then they had, sorry about that, they had a little uh, little psycho, like maybe from like the waist up, upside down, hanging, and then they put a little arrow, and they said, it's his fault. So, you know, they're playing on the whole epic exclusivity thing, which I actually found it to be really funny. But I'm just curious how you guys feel about it. Is this something that you don't care about? Do you acknowledge that it's bad? Jack, can I go first? Go with it. Siege, you're, you you PC game, dude. I do not. So dude, I'll take uh, first. I am passionate about this nonsense that's going on. Um, I don't like epic. I don't like how they've done things um, leading up to other games. For example, I know this is Borderlands, obviously, but let's just give an example. You know the whole Metro Exodus situation where it was ready for the Steam release, and they announced, yeah. I think, two weeks prior, and there's literally Steam sticker. I mean, um, Epic Game stickers over the Steam logo uh, for the physical yeah, copies. Yeah, I remember that. That's really? It, again, I could understand. I don't know. I could understand if Epic Games said, hey, We'll give you some money to, um, I don't know, I should say it like this. They should have bought their way to be on the platform. It should be like everybody. For example, it should come to every platform, Steam, Epic Games. I could understand if it's like a maybe a two-week exclusivity, maybe at the most. But, again, with ev- how everything's gone and their reputation, they're like, oh, no, this is better for the community. They think they know what's better, blah, blah, blah. But you would think with the money that, for example, the money that 2K or Gearbox, whatever, um, took, you know, for the deal, because obviously um, Epic Games paid them. I think 2K would have made a lot more money if they released it on all platforms on launch day. They would have made more money than the bonus, whatever Epic Games paid them. I don't know if if you agree with that. What that bonus was. We won't know. I'm just curious. I mean, admittedly. I still am not fond of them, but I am tiring of having the conversation. Um, I, I find that not many people can have like an adult conversation just about what's going on. And, you know, I'm with you on that. I feel like, I feel like marketing deals would have gone over much better 
it wouldn't have cost Epic as much. I mean, to think there's still people that think Destiny is a PlayStation exclusive because of how well done the marketing deal was that PlayStation signed. Yep. And for, with... for me, I, I'm on the I'm on a different side of the fence. So yeah. Again, I I'm a console gamer. I only have my Xbox. I do plan on finally getting a PS4 Pro here pretty soon, but. So this doesn't affect me. So take take my opinion with a grain of yeah, salt. There's nothing wrong with that, though. Competition does nothing but make the market better. Yes, um, I agree. I have seen a lot of people complain about Steam and them getting lackadaisical on things and just true. kind of like they've been going through the motions because they know people are going to use them. Yep. So getting getting a major title to go somewhere else other than steam maybe that's going to be a slap in the face to steam to, to, to say oh oh crap we got to start putting an effort back into this thing before we lose you know our our status as the top so this could be a good thing it just for for all of us you know it kind of sucks because it's borderlands that's going to be the one that they're using to try to help gain leverage on the market and maybe you know, have Steam improve their their business structure and everything. But I, in the long run, dude, it's going to suck at first. We're going to go through growing pains. But I see Absolutely. more positive coming out of it in the long term. Yeah, which I, I think is true. I mean, even if you're somebody that is always going to hate Epic and they're the worst and they're this and that and you – You've got your hate goggles on, and you'll never see them a different way. At some point, it's going to make Steam wake up. They have no yeah. choice, and you're absolutely right. This is never being a Steam fanboy thing. It was more about the practices and how they were going about it, but mm -hmm. yeah, man. I mean, Valve has their index coming out. They have the new version of Steam coming out, and they still swear by... The fact that they have new games coming out. I mean, we saw what they just put out with like uh, Dota Underworlds or Undergrounds or something like that. I, I don't play Dota, so I apologize if that's wrong. But it seems like even in the short term, you know, somebody's got the spurs on and they're kicking them in the hiney and they're getting going, man. Like, and yeah, look, that's a good thing ultimately. You know, competition drives innovation. Competition keeps people in check. But absolutely. And like I said, growing pains at first, especially for the Borderlands community. Absolutely. But long term, long term, man, I think it's going to be good for, for all gamers and all of gaming. My, I hope so, man. Yeah, if I may add one last thing to it. Again, this just goes back to Epic Games. But one thing they did, um, again, going back to Metro Exodus and all that crap that happened, when they, they announced some sort of stats, they said Metro Exodus sold two point something more than uh, Metro Last Light, which I think that's really dumb to compare a new game to, uh, I don't know, five, six-year-old game and then try to show yeah. that off as something. Like, no, that makes... How does that argue that you're better than Steam? Like, oh, it would have sold fine. It was just, you know, on our platform. I don't understand the logic that Epic Games is putting out. Personally, yeah, I am a Steam fanboy, not gonna lie. Yes, they made mistakes. Yes, they need to get better. But personally, whenever um, Borderlands, the whole exclusivity deal, the six months for Borderlands is done, I'm buying it on Steam. I don't care. Um, Me too. I like to have all my stuff in one place. And and people like Tim Sweeney's like, oh, it only takes a couple. Oh yeah, were you trying to say something, Jack? I'm sorry. No, dude. I'm. I tried to cover the phone. Somebody with a really lifted, loud diesel truck just drove by and felt that he had to rev his engine super loud. <laughs> dude, hey, that happens. Every trust me, I deal with that crap all the time. But um, yeah, yeah. Like I was saying, I understand. Like Tim Sweet's like, oh, um, people shouldn't be bothered to download another. Um, what's it called? Um, someone give me the word. I'm I'm froze right now. Another, yeah, thank you. I lost the word. Another launcher. It's like, I don't want all this crap on my desk. Like, I can understand it. It's, it doesn't take much time. But, again, I yeah. want everything in one place. Like, for example, PlayStation. When you buy PlayStation games, everything's in one place. I know it's different, but Xbox, when you buy everything, it's in one place. And that's just my personal opinion when it comes to me. I don't know if everybody else feels that way, but 
Again, Steam fanboy arguing for the Steam base. So I'm with you. That's why I only have my Xbox because it's I've got so much time invested in my gamer score. Yeah, go ahead and mock me if you want, dude. But I've put you know over a decade's worth of work. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's a reason why they make a big deal about it. I mean, didn't that guy? somewhat recently just hit like he was the first to hit a million gamer score that they was, did that was a few years ago yeah he was uh, he was in a race with somebody else and he finally hit a million but it's like you know at the same time it's like i do want a playstation because i want those exclusives i want to play god of war 4 i want to i wanted to play that spider-man game i had plans to buy it until i found out it was a ps4 exclusive and i was heartbroken i was like oh get, looks like i don't get to play that one but yeah you know, and, and that, that would be the only reason I would have a PlayStation would be for those exclusive blockbuster titles. That's but why I have mine. Yeah, that would be that everything else is, is Xbox for me. And at one point I was team PlayStation, you know, and Halo 2 was the game that, that brought me over to, to Microsoft, uh, you yeah. know, and I've been there ever since. Yeah, I mean, so good games is what sells hardware. And I think this generation, Sony has done a better job in that category. But the good news is it resets. The clock goes back to zero and you do it all over again as soon as the new stuff comes out. So, uh, I mean, let's hope the new Halo is very good because that will likely be a launch title on the new system so you know that that competition starts over and they just got a whole bunch of new first party studios so i I think this next generation is going to be a lot more exciting can't wait for it man uh yeah me either so much so much going on matt man i I just want to say you know appreciate having you on today man it has been just amazing for me to be able to sit back and pick your brain and talk to you. And, and I know Siege is right there with me. I mean, Siege self-admittedly doesn't know as much about the lore and everything as I do of Borderlands. So for me, it was a real treat to have you with us. Yeah, it's uh, it's always exciting to just talk about the game. Like, you know, I, sometimes people accuse me of just covering it because, you know, it's what's popular. But, like, you don't play the game for as long as I do. You don't make videos for as long as I do. I like will talk your ear off about this. And you know, I do scripted videos and I constantly tangent where it's like, oh, you know, I'm gonna talk about this. It's like, well, I'm not trying to do a podcast right now. I'm trying to, you know, do my four or five minute video, get it out there. So for me, like I'm always happy to just chat about it. You know, there's a reason why I have a server with thousands of people that just want to talk Borderlands. There's a reason why I continue to hop on these podcasts because this is what I like to do. No, and it was, it's been a, a sheer pleasure, man. I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. And again, I know I was supposed to be on earlier, but then all the East, or all the E3 stuff came out and it was weird yeah they really they really didn't it was so strange on how early they were on letting us know at the past shows where they'd be and where we could watch but e3 i feel like was such a toss-up like a couple days out they're like yeah this is what we're gonna be doing and then like you try to watch and like the channels aren't where they said they would be it was a little disorganized so um but yeah you don't want to miss out on the new stuff Nope, and hopefully PAX West will give us uh, some some more great information right before game launch date. Uh, yeah, yeah. I do, I do live up in the Pacific Northwest, so I am planning on being at PAX West. Um, it'll be my first PAX or E3 type of conference, anything like that that I've ever gone to. And the fact that it's going to be right before Borderlands 3 just makes it so much sweeter for me. I hope you have a good time, man. I haven't been to a show myself, but I know quite a few people that have, and they always have good things to say about it. So, yep. And when it happens, I'll, you know, I'll share all the details with everybody here um, on my social media. Siege, you'll probably be the first person to know, of course. <laughs> hey, I'm glad to hear it. But again, yeah. I just wanted to say, you know, I want to thank our guests, Motto, for being here. Uh, 
great contributor to the Borderlands community. Uh, very, very knowledgeable. Like I said, man, uh, a man of my own heart when it comes to the, the, the lore and the knowledge of Borderlands and not just focusing on, you know, the weapons and the loot aspect of it. Uh, just at an absolute thrill and privilege to have you on with us. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I, I really do. Nope. Uh, again, man, our pleasure. And uh, hopefully we can have you on again sometime in the future. Thank you. No, uh, again, uh, our pleasure. You know, again, this is Handsome Jack FM. That's my Twitter handle, all social media. My co-host, C. Joe C. You follow him on Twitter. Make sure you find Submoto on YouTube and on Twitter and all social media. Because, again, this dude is he, he's a workhorse, man. And he he's a fan of the community. He loves the community. He loves the product. He loves the games just like we do. And all the content he puts out is not only does he do it for fun, he does it for us. He does it for the community. So make sure you, you pay him a visit, you know, give him some input. Let him know how thankful and grateful you are for all of his hard work. Because, you know, if you don't let him know he's doing a good job and you appreciate it, you know, it, it sometimes it feels like a bit of a chore to do that. So make sure you give him some feedback, guys. As usual, Jack said it best, and we definitely do look forward to seeing you next week um, for some more Weekly Lou. And all those links will be posted down below, especially Motto's channel, so make sure to go check his out. But without further ado, you guys have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next week. So peace out. Later. Yep, and long live Handsome Jack.